You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to this, the 50th episode of Brighton Rock Podcast. With me and my usual cohort, Peter Marsh. Hi again, Peter. Hi, Russ. And we've got another special guest in with us today. We have Mr. John Gibbons from the Anfield Rap. How are you, John? Very well, yeah. Excellent. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on the pod. Yeah, it's a delight and a pleasure. I'm really pleased to have you on. As I was saying off air just now, um, we've been hearing a lot of you on the various uh, media outlets over the last few weeks, of course, with uh, what's been going on. And may I be the first to congratulate you on here, Peter, probably the second, um, on <laughs> yeah, a fine title win. Well done. It's brilliant stuff, wasn't it? Um, I think it's a superb, a superb team. Uh, strange arrangements, the way it ended, but um, I think you thoroughly deserve it. Well done for getting over the line. And well done for beating Villa yesterday as well. <laughs> just to now make if, us breathe a bit, a bit now more. If you easy. just give us three points on Wednesday, that'd be really helpful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't mind now, do you? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Well, um, we've got you on because we wanted to talk about firstly about the Anfield wrap and a few things to do with that. Then we'll uh, get on to chatting about lockdown and how things have been with the title race, and go on to talk about obviously the upcoming game. So, if I can ask you first, John. How did the Anfield rap come about and when did your involvement with it begin? Yeah, so the Anfield rap started back in 2011. Uh, it was um, a few people put it together who just had the idea that there was a, there was a bit of a gap really uh, in, amongst kind of podcasts in terms of fan-led stuff, but that was also quite sort of professionally done. Um so at the time, I think there was, there was you know, podcasts where it were just sort of starting up. So it was either sort of, you know, journalist ones, doing ones, you know, in a, in a decent studio, but obviously talking about the Premier League or world football really wide. And then there was a few fan ones, but um, 
they were sort of you know done a sort of a bit sort of primitively really um you know and, and so you know not not great sort, sort of recordings i mean it's it's much easier to record a podcast now it must be said but back then it was you know over skype and just talking into your laptop and hoping your mic could pick it up type thing so and i did a few of those so i'm not slagging them off you know it was good fun at the time but the guys who started that app um, most of them are still involved. They've just thought there was a bit of a, a gap there to do something around, um, you know, based on Liverpool, but that, that was record, well recorded and, and you could put out and, and people, you know, would, would enjoy listening to. Um, it was also, around, you know, in terms of historically Liverpool, um, you know, just come out of the Hicks and Gillette era. And so that was a time, a quite a table in time for Liverpool, obviously it ended in the high court and nearly with administration and things like that. And, and the, the team on the pitch were, were struggling as a, as a kind of a, a product of that really. Um, so a lot of fans had come together around that time to sort of put pressure on, the, you know, in terms of getting rid of Hicks and Gillette. And, and, back, and, and so people had sort of met through that and had realised that really for supporters, um, you can't rely too much on, on mainstream media to sort of tell your story, really. You've got to sort of try and find a way to, to do it yourself. And and even in, even things like the Liverpool Echo were a bit sort of slow to go on to it. Um, and, you know, with things like that, whereas, you know, fans knew quite early what was going on and it was a case of trying to get, you know, the, the, the broadcasters or the, or the broadsheets or, or whoever to kind of talk about it. So I think there was, a, you know, there was you know, a lot of that going on and people thinking, well, you know, something, if we could do something powerful ourselves, then we can, we can tell whatever story we want. And if things aren't right, we can say it. And also I think if you thought it'd be fun, and you know what I mean? It's like, you know, we can, we, we can give big political reasons to do things and big kind of big picture things to do, but I think they just thought it'd be a laugh as well. And, and who doesn't want to sort of, you know, get together and talk about the match. We all do it every weekend. So why not sort of put it, well, not just the weekend and why not, so why not put a mic there? So, so that's, that's sort of, you know, a bit of history yeah. on it. So this was 2011 and I knew a couple of the people involved in it um, from just, just from going the game and from forums and things like that. And, as soon as I heard the first one, I thought, "Oh, this is great! I need to, I need to get involved here." So I was, I just pestered them until they let me on. Really, um, so this was, I, I think, I, I think I was on sort of episode eleven or twelve or something was my was my first one because it was just a weekly podcast. Then every Monday, every Monday morning, talking about the the game at the weekend and analysing it and and putting the, putting you know the rights and wrongs and and saying what you'd have done and and all that. Uh, just the, just the normal standard stuff. Uh, obviously, it's grown from there. Um, we 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 had a little go at an online magazine that didn't really work. And then we decided, that, well, if people like podcasts, then we'll give them more of them. So we launched a subscription service in 2015. So the idea was what we've always done was would be free. So there was a free podcast on a Monday. And then also by then we had a radio show as well in Liverpool, um, which we then put out as a pod. So we we're like, well, that stay is free. But if you want more, then then you're going to have to pay for it, really. Because, I mean, you boys all know, you know, it is a hobby and it's fun. But, mm. you know, it can, it's, it's a lot of time and effort goes into it in terms of making it good and promoting it and stuff like that. So we just couldn't do any more without without trying to get some, you know, some some money into to either either 
give up our jobs or at least make it pay for itself. Um, and we were lucky, really. A lot of people subscribed a lot of, you know, from day one without even knowing too much about what it was. They, 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 they said, well, you know, we, we, we'll trust you, we'll come with you and we'll, and we'll see you then. So there was sort of four of us working on it at first in terms of full-time. Uh, and now we're up to, I think, 14 full-time staff. Uh, oh. We're doing audio, video, obviously the website as well, uh, social media. Uh, and, and yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a nice little business now, a nice little success story for fan media. And we're, and we're proud of, of how far we've took it. We're proud of the reach it has. And we're proud that obviously when people want Liverpool fans, they, they they come to us now as well. So yeah, it's it's been fun. It's been a it's been eventful. Um, and, but yeah, really enjoyed it, and uh, hopefully onwards and upwards as well. Yeah, well, I mean, a couple of things with that you say is a hobby, and it certainly is. Um, but providing the content, it must be um, a challenge once once you get to the level you're you're doing with this full time staff and everything to produce the level of content required, I guess spread across a number of people, that helps. But um, I mean, there, there is tons, because I subscribe to the free one, I've, I have done yeah. for about three, three or four years on it. And um, it's excellent stuff. I'm always interested to hear from other podcasts in general um, to get other views. Um, and that is uh, quite a bit of stuff goes out free, which I like. Um, but yeah, to have loads more behind a pay- paywall as well, I think, bloody hell, you guys are <laughs> it's continuous, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, it helps when there's a lot of games and obviously, um, you know, no lockdowns. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that was that was a, that was a, a challenge, obviously. But but in a normal season, you know, I mean, Liverpool. Uh, I mean, Europe every season now. It wasn't necessarily the case for the last ten, but you know, where you know, so you think, well, you've got at least sort of six Champions League games and, and more if, um, if 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 they get to the knockouts. And so when the when the games are sort of you know, two a week, you know, once you've done previews and we do immediate post-match reaction stuff, you know, from, from the pub after the game straight away, which is probably, you know, our most popular show really because because uh, it's the raw reaction, it's the celebrations mm. or the kind of, you know, put the, you know, talking each other through it. I mean, there hasn't, there hasn't been many losses, I'll be honest with you, over the last two, three years. So so it's mainly the, the positive stuff. And then also, you know, a bit more of a kind of analytical thing uh, a day or so later. And then, and then before you know, you're back onto the source of the next game. And so... So uh, the the, the, pro, the program pretty much fills up, or, or the or the itinerary pretty much fills up just from just just yeah. just from the relentlessness of, of of football and 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 the games and it's finding and we do a lot of fun stuff as well. We do a lot of cultural stuff because we find even even Liverpool fans in different parts of the world are interested in what's going on in the city, and we've mm-hmm. always advocated that Liverpool Football Club, you know. It, you know, it's, it's it's called that for a reason. It's because it's in the city. It's a product of the city, and what makes it special, you know, is is the city itself. And so, and so, we're, we're glad that people agree with us on that, no matter where they're from. So, yeah, we don't find it too hard, uh, and we've got a really good pool of contributors as well who help us out. So, you know, I mentioned before it's fourteen full time staff, but you know, there's close yeah. to close to hundred people who, who who dip in and out of shows. Obviously, some more than others. Um, you know, some some wow. once, some's, yeah, some's once or twice a year. Uh, you know, when they're about, and others are sort of once or twice a week. So, mm. uh, so we can keep it fresh. Different people are obviously better at different stuff, and and yeah, and the football team being successful helps because people can't get enough. 
yeah. And you've got to like, we've got a way to go now for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're having enough trouble talking about wins. Uh, that's only yeah. to start. Yeah. We started this in January, John, and um, we only just celebrated our first win, uh, the Arsenal game. Oh, you start to blame yourself. Yeah, we, we were, were beginning yeah. to wonder, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's terrible. But uh, no, we, we can't stop now. You know, we've, we're on to a dizzy height of two uh, so far. <laughs> and in, the, in, the, in the 50 shows, it's like, you know, it's yeah. a, great win, a great win ratio so far. Yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, but there we go. Um, well, you've been getting an increasing amount of interest, haven't you, in the wider football media? And I suspect that's not just because... Um, the team's been on the rise in the past, well, three years really, isn't it, specifically? Um, but also the quality and popularity made by the people who present it. Um, would you agree? And how much of that is a sort of like an organic narrative? Do you think it's, it's needed to be kind of shaped carefully or is it just pretty much grown of its own accord in terms of the, um, the likability that w- what people find appealing? I think I think you learned, oh yeah. I mean, you get better at it as well. Do you know what I mean? We we, we listen to the early ones now every now and again, and and you sort of laughing really. At, uh, I mean, first of all, how nervous we were, but also yes. kind of like, you know, we we found one of the early agendas for the first show, and it was like now that that we get through that in about four weeks. Do you know what I mean? But you try to like you know pack it in and, and, and cover everything that you could possibly do, and and now yeah. you, you realise like what works for people. You real, you find your own style as well I think and that's what we did and doing radio really helped us uh, both in terms of you know you just you just forced to be a bit more punchy because there's an advert break in five minutes so you know yeah. say say what you've got to say or, or get out the way and so that that kind of helped us in terms of finding our style and rhythm and although I don't I don't think necessarily you know you have to obsess over length over podcasts because that's the joy of it isn't it you can yeah. be sort of as long as you want to but yeah. at the same time i think you know you, you you need to keep people engaged and sort of entertained and and you know think well people you know you need to want people to listen to you rather than put spotify on or or, or the radio or, or just sort of flick through yeah. twitter and so yeah. so it's, it's so it's remembering that really was was important for us remembering that you know people are actually choosing to listen to you and, and that's the nice thing about podcast as well is the is the sort of positive you know engagement really you know everyone who listens to you sort of chosen to do so it's not come on in the background it's not i'll flick through a channel and, and got distracted you know they've they downloaded yeah. it and played it so so it's it's sort of remembering that really and and yeah, yeah i think for us we, we've just sort of got better from through you know through just doing it a lot and i think the media stuff is, is nice because obviously like you know but there might be Liverpool fans who don't know about us, so they see it kind of through that really. It's and and things like that. But also, you know, you learn you learn from other people, you learn from doing it, you learn from sort of broadcasters and and and, and watching them and, and how they do really. And so, you know, I think I've got a sort of I've become a better interviewer from being interviewed, if that kind of makes sense. Uh, we've yeah. done sort of quite a lot of the you know, players now and stuff, and manager, which is which is really great. Um, and again, I think the, the first couple of interviews I did, it was like, "This is your life," you know what I mean? It's like, you know, oh, so you started back in, and you, you know, you think you have you got to tell the whole story, whereas you don't. You just have to tell a story and an interesting story, really, and um, rather than feeling like you've sort of got to do it all. And so, yeah, I think for us, you know, the, trying to learn all the time, trying to get better, um, and and we've got to really like 
a really good relationship with with our listeners and we've got a, a facebook subscribers group where we're speaking to people all the time uh, we do surveys asking people what they like what they don't um it's obviously liverpool so if you meet people out in the street they'll come up and tell you what they think of your podcast you know what i mean people are sort of aren't shy so i think for <laughs> us as well it's it's that kind of continuous engagement with the with the community really and and you know remembering you know so we do live shows and stuff as well we've done a couple in brighton because uh, obviously there's a big liberal sports club down there so yeah. we do live shows as well and that's a really good way of meeting people and 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 kind of hearing hearing what what they get from it really because obviously what we get from it as podcasters and what the listeners get from it can be quite different so it's remembering you know not just why you do it but why why people listen's important as well yeah, there's quite a few people, isn't there? As you said in Brighton, this I think they meet up with the King and Queen or somewhere, don't they, for regular regular um, matches. On yeah, TV. it's a thriving supporters club and a mm. mixture of kind of, of 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 people from the south coast, but also obviously mm. uh, quite a lot of scousers have, have, have drifted down south uh, over the years, and yeah. you know for work and and but like to keep that little bit of Liverpool in them. So I know mm. not just Brighton but Bournemouth and Eastbourne. There's there's quite a lot of. Uh, Ex ex scouts, well, I say ex scouts, they're still scouts, <laughs> but uh, ex ex Liverpoolian um, dwellers kind of down there now. We like to kind of you know keep that bit of, of of the city in them. Yeah, well, just a couple of things on what you've been saying there. First of all, about cramming a big agenda into your early podcast, we're not guilty of that at all, are we, Peter? We didn't. No, do I should think. I was thinking exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was about two and a quarter hours the first one. We did put it into two episodes, but we realised yeah. it was a little bit much, but. Um, you know, you, as you yeah. said, the other thing is you do live and, and learn. I mean, I don't know if we're good. <laughs> I wouldn't say wouldn't be arrogant enough to try and say that. But but I do think we've improved on what we were in terms of just through practice and yeah. definitely in terms of talking to people, interviews in this sort of context. It certainly helps. We've but, had a lot uh, of practice over lockdown as well. Yeah, we have. <laughs> you probably work out with the maths. We started in Jan and we're on fifty, so we we've, we've been packing a few away ourselves. Yeah, yeah good um, on you. <laughs> but um just finally on the um on the Anfield rap stuff um any specific plans for the future is there anything you you're looking to move into or to change up with the general it's, format it's a good question um we've we've started doing more video so we used to do a, a little bit of video and now we sort of start to do more so we've added a new layer of subscription for people who want to pay for video but then also we do stuff free stuff on the youtube so that's obviously a new challenge for us it's a lot more work and um, we've got a really good team but obviously it's remembering for, for people like me who are we've always done podcasts me remembering that that video just takes more time to put together and you know podcast you know we're, we're doing something now we're having a chat and it could be out where it's a video it is a more of a, a process so so that's been interesting um and i think i think it's just it's just growth for us really and, and finding new ways to 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 do things that people wouldn't necessarily expect you to do and i think that's something i'm quite passionate about in terms of fan media is that people think fan media sometimes well sometimes people can have the perception of it that it's you know people outside the ground shouting and getting angry and 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 it can be arsenal tv yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) But, but but you know i mean there's a place for that and i'm not knocking them but i'm just saying like um it could be other things as well and so we we've 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 done little audio documentaries and things like that on moments of Liverpool's history and and you know we've started doing these player profiles where we've gone into 
our squads past and found out sorts of little things you know about them mm-hmm. from from people who knew them growing up and just sort of getting out there and and, and just telling stories more really as about our football club and about our footballers as much as what's going on sort of right now and and it's quite nice because it's it's fun and it's challenging but also I really like it when people go oh I didn't expect that from the Anfield app do you know what I mean and that's quite a nice feeling to 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 surprise people in in terms of what you can achieve and and what fan media can do and Mm so yeah just generally kind of more of that um sort of thing and you know also um we Another thing we sort of like to do, and I don't know how much I should say about this, but uh, you know, I'm going to do it anyway. Is that Liverpool have got a lot of um, like sponsors, partners, and and you know we've you know we've got partners for everything now, really. Um, and I think sometimes some of them come in and, and want to do some really good things and, and, and want to make the most of it. And then other times it's just a bit of a vanity project, to be perfectly honest with you. And and what we've started doing a little bit more, well, we will start doing it. And we've done a bit of it, and we'd like to do more. Is is to sort of work with these partners a little bit more and say, well, okay, well, if you want to be associated with Liverpool Football Club and you want to be kind of involved, then you can just have your name next to something and get the free tickets and and enjoy a jolly and hopefully get a European Cup final, or you can actually, you know, do something that that's gonna make people in Liverpool go, oh, actually, those guys are all right and they understand the city or they're trying to understand the city and they're trying to sort of make a positive difference. And so we're doing bits of that at the moment as well. And we've had a really good response to it and from the work we've done uh, and maybe maybe do some more of that as well. It'd be nice too. Yeah, sure. Right, but let's talk about football then, shall we? Um, (laughs) Taking the season, probably in sections. I think, first of all, the large part of it, um, pre-lockdown, section of the campaign in isolation I think it's fair to say that you would have been delighted with how the season started um you came out of the traps 100 miles an hour and didn't let up for months basically did you um following on from last season which I guess you must have been slightly nervous about because you never know how things would have been affected by being so unlucky with such a high point total the year before um but having started so well over that period and having I would say a pretty good idea that you're going to win the title by turn of the year. Um, how was that for you guys? <laughs> I mean, yeah, brilliant. I mean, you're right to sort of point to last season because the concern was that that you could you could sort of be deflated by that. Really, you know, it's the worst sort of record breaker you want to be, isn't it? The record highest points total and to not win the league. Um, yeah. You know, the the best ever second ever um, <laughs> is not really something that you know you you you, you really want. You know, as, as records go. Um, but I think what this team's done brilliantly throughout Jurgen Klopp's time is 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 respond to sort of adversity or negatives and, and and push on from it and you know even in that very first season we get to two finals we lose them both uh, it's a league cup and a, and a Europa League one um, the league cup one was to Man City and it was on pens and and you know it was it was it wasn't sort of too bad that Europa League one we were one nil up at half time playing really well and then we just fell apart second half and got beat 3-1 by Sevilla um, we were a decent team, but weren't Manchester City, and so so that one was was and it was the last game of the season, which is always makes it worse as well because you get all summer to sort of think about it. Um, but um, but they, but they kicked on from there the next season and qualified for the Champions League, and then 
the year after they get to the final in Kiev. And I mean, it's an awful way to lose a final. You know, your goalkeeper just having a, a meltdown effectively on the pitch and, and all that. And obviously what happened to Mo Salah as well and having to go off injured. And, you know, it was it, that again, that could have sort of derailed everything. But instead we just pushed, we pushed on and got to the final again the next year and, and won it. But, you know, the, the, the league, um, it's, it's been what everyone's wanted. For, for it so long because it's been 30 years and you know I think you've got to be a little bit careful because I've seen a few journalists throwing around the 30 years of hair thing and stuff like that and you know it's it's obviously an old England thing that people want to sort of you know throw around but but first of all you know we've had some brilliant times in the last 30 years and and secondly like I'm always conscious like what you guys must think when people when you know don't want to I don't want to used to think that we're moaning about just winning European Cups do you know what I mean we're not you know it's like you know, and like that's like and, and you know that's that's like right and what about what about Northampton do you know what I mean and so like so I don't I don't want other other fans to see that and think oh um our, our Liverpool fans are, are crying about only winning the odd cup like we're not we've really enjoyed it but that league has been you know been turned into a bit of an obsession and so so to get to ninety seven and not win it I think could have been a real a real sort of you know down and a real a real a real negative mm. on the club but instead they just they just went well we'll have to get even more next year then and that's what they've done and that's what's incredible about this team is that they've just decided that oh well, we need to drop even less points next season and, and that's what they've done well you might be very surprised to hear this john but actually i would liken what you've done this season to what the albion did a few short years ago, um, not obviously winning the title, but in 2015-16, we were cruelly unlucky missing out on promotion to the Prem, looking for a 30-plus year return of our own, something yeah. uh, we'd had before. Um, and we missed out with, I think it was the highest points total the team had failed to get automatic promotion with um, on the last day of the season as well. So a lot of similarities and parallels here. Um, we needed to win at Middlesbrough on the final day we got a draw. We were hard done by there, similar to things you would have had, like for nearly nearly getting a ball over the line in the game against City, for example. Small margins, small moments made the difference. We missed out on cruel circumstances. We were spent. We couldn't do anything in the semi-final of the playoffs because we were we were dead on our feet, pushing for the autos. Um, whole load of stuff went wrong. Long story won't bore you with the details, but essentially we put so much into that season. And we were worried that exactly the same thing would happen as you might have been at the beginning yeah. of the year, that you you push so hard and still missed out. It could deflate people. Things could get broken up. Uh, who knows what else could happen? You could be less lucky the following year, whatever. But we somehow, the squads, the staff, everyone got together and they wanted to just push again. And right from the off, as soon as the final whistle had gone in that playoff semi-final defeat, there was a sense that, Right, we're going to go again, and we're really going to go for it. And we came out of the traps, all guns blazing as well. And by the time of the equivalent time of the season that we've been talking about here for your lockdown scenario, we knew we were well on the way. We knew we'd been even more determined, and somehow we just fired up. But equally, I wonder if what we did, we, we needed three points in the final three games to clinch the title, having got the promotion. But the target had always been the promotion. Yeah. No one had ever thought about a title. And once it was pretty much in the bag, we then conspired to not win it. <laughs> it's, un it's not not through design. It's just that inevitable dropping off the 10% or yeah. whatever it is. That cutting even, edge. 
Even then, we were a minute from winning it as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good old Jack, Jack bloody Robinson. Grealish. <laughs> so, so we have got a few parallels in one sense, and I think um, we were equally as elated as you guys are now. Um, but you must have thought, having had such a great start, knowing it was at all intents and purposes in the bag, COVID strolls along, you must have thought, oh, you've got to be joking. Well, how is this going to play out now? Because who knew what was going to happen? We knew there was going to be a delay from a a point um, in March when things mm. went pear-shaped. Um, did you, at first, I mean, what were you thinking? Were you thinking this is going to be a delay? Were you thinking it's going to be a, a title, but there's going to be a, you know, a caveat, there's going to be an asterisk next to it? Or how were you thinking it was going to pan out as lockdown um, came under underway? I mean, I don't think anyone knew, and that was that was the, the worrying thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Is that, you know, we'll... Is football going to come back? If so, when? You know, and, and, and sort of what's going to happen? And you're looking around sort of other leagues and, and seeing what they're doing and, you know, things were getting cancelled or, or whatever or, or, you know, and I never thought it would be a sort of null and void situation because I just thought that would be sort of too messy. But I did think there was a possibility Did they just say, oh, you know, well, what, what happened in France was they cancelled it and then three days later they put a tweet out saying PSG were champions. And I was just like, well, that's like got to be the worst way to, to win a league title, hasn't it? You know what I mean? And then, and then, and then also forever, you know, your rival fans would be saying, oh, you never really won it though, did you? You got handed. It was like an administrative, um, you know, thing rather than actual victory. So, so I was really sort of desperate for us to, to win it on the pitch and, and to come back and, and finish the season. And so really pleased that he did. Um, you know, we're pleased that we didn't have too long to wait because uh, it could have sort of dragged on a, a little bit, especially the first game back when they didn't beat Everton. And, um, you know, we thought, oh, you know, if they, if, they, if they draw against Palace and then get beat at City, then, you know, then suddenly you start getting it. Not nervy, but like, you know, it's, 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 it's not necessarily pleasant. And, you know, we didn't know whether it was going to come back and not work and then they'd have to cancel it again. So you want to sort of win it as soon as possible. But... Yeah, so it was, it was an agonising way, really. Um, and just and we just all missed football as well, didn't we? Do you know what I mean? Regardless of kind of where, where anyone was, really. You know, obviously, to you guys, you know, you, you, you're battling for survival and things like that, wondering what's going on. But at the same time, you know, you miss, you miss watching your football team. Mm. And, and, and so you just about that. So everyone... You know, in the red half of Merseyside, was was delighted, obviously, when it come back, and and even more so when they clinched the title. Just to pause on that in terms of the um, season at that point. So, I mean, apart from um, well, relieving yourself of the possible torrent of scornful sneer mongers that could have been could have been befalling you at every turn. Um, at this point, with the podcast, um, to what degree do you were you guys challenged by that? On well, kind of unusual situation, wasn't it? Um, in terms of getting content out, and I mean, did, how did you approach it? Was there anything in that sense that uh, you had to approach in a certain way, or felt you had to? Um, I mean, it was a real challenge. I, I enjoyed it, to be honest with you. That that part, I enjoyed the sort of creativity and the and the blank slate. As I said before, quite often our week fills up very quickly, especially when you're playing twice, which is last game, next game, last game, next game, and then and then a bit of sort of fun stuff thrown in, really. Um, with no games at all, it was like, well, you've got a, a blank piece of paper, what are you going to do? Um, and 
we did a we did a lot of nostalgia stuff or a lot of historical stuff. So yeah. you know, every every morning we'd start a pod with 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 our, called on this day, which was as it sounds, what happened in Liverpool's history on this day. So you know, largely games of football, but also birthdays, a few signings, and things like that as well. Mm-hmm. And and I really enjoyed that uh, because it was a it was a nice nice trip down memory lane, but also sort of you know we. It, we tried to not make it too sort of nostalgia. It was as much about, well, you know, what what is this meant for Liverpool today and framing it and stuff like that. So it wasn't a, you know, we weren't, we weren't running through what happened in games as such. It was more kind of like, well, what did this mean? Um, so, so, and we, I really enjoyed that. I, I, from a personal point of view, I hosted that show and I liked doing it every morning. It was nice from a, an aspect of having a bit of routine. So the last thing I'd do every day was plan the the next day's show, and then and then the first thing I'd do that morning was was that one. And it was nice to, you know, people talked a lot during lockdown, didn't they, about having routine and having you know yeah. purpose and things like that. Well, that mm-hmm. that was sort of mine really. You know, get up and have a shower, sort of breakfast out, uh, help sort the baby out, and then and then and then I'd be online at ten o'clock to do that. And it was and it was quite nice. Um, we did. Um, a lot of interviews, uh, which was good in terms of just people who been meaning to speak to sort of for a while, or people who've been on a list for a while, but we we, we haven't sort of got round to it. Um, a few sorts of special shows and things like that, and pulling things together. Um, and yeah, and and I thought that what we did was 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 really good and 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 mm. and strong, and and people enjoyed it. Um, so, so sort of really pleased and I found, um, the zoom slash Skype thing better than I thought I would as well. Like we've always said that we wouldn't do shows over Skype or over, over the internet because you lose that intimacy. Um, whereas actually, um, we might actually start doing more like this now because, mm. I found that it's actually, I mean, we, we, us three have never met before this and now we're half an hour in and we're, and we're chatting like old friends, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and that's, that's nice. So it's just showing that actually you, you don't necessarily need that all in the, I mean, for some shows it's much better, do you know what I mean? And for some shows it works much better, but for others you, you can actually do more over on, on the internet than, than what you think and then if you open your mind up to that then suddenly the possibilities uh you know you can yeah. interview someone in brazil you can interview you know i mean a, a footballer in south africa kind of whatever you want really rather than the idea of mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who want a list of next time i'm in london i'll try and get yeah. this person and then obviously you know you've got two hour window and they can't do it and then it gets shoved back to next time well you know, especially kind of in the evenings, I find things are quite nice. And sometimes you can have a, a beer or a glass of wine. I mean, I'm on tea, to be honest, tonight. But, uh, oh, yeah, you're having a beer. So <laughs> one, yeah. <laughs> me up. Um, it's sort of actually quite nice. So, so yeah, so I think there's actually some of the things we've done over the last few months that we'll continue with, that we'll sort of keep mm. doing, um, even when even when sort of we're, we're, we're allowed to do all the stuff that we were doing before. Yeah, I think we've been, we've been the same, but we've been sort of transformed by having Zoom because we set this up and the, the concept was two or maybe three blokes in the pub chatting for yeah. football. Yeah. Uh, the listeners' early early feedback was they quite enjoyed the fact that uh, yeah, the, the woman in the pub came in and interrupted us with our food yeah. order. 
well, that sort of stuff, you know, they like that. <laughs> um, but it's, it is, I mean, there's definitely a merit to, to meeting up and there's a certain different dynamic in the way that conversation goes when you're in the pub or, or a studio or wherever it is. But um, certainly Zoom has added something to the equation, hasn't it? I, I agree with you. I think it, it opens things up and you can get interviews with people you wouldn't think you would. For example, this we're doing now. Yeah. Um, because I certainly wouldn't be able to travel up to Liverpool at the moment. And but, but even anyone from the club for us as well, because I mean, we both live in London, so going yeah, to, speaking to anyone at the club is almost yeah. possible, probably, if we were doing it live on, in the pub or whatever. They wouldn't get them probably to... It would be much harder anyway. So. Yeah, yeah. So we've, we'll get on to it in a minute, but the Alvin Amongst All Their initiatives have been, um, uh, essentially, have been uh, of doing Q&As with supporter groups. And in fact, they've been extremely transparent and forthcoming in general, I'd say, with... Um, both the media as a whole and the Albion fan base during the crisis has made us as fans immensely proud, to be honest, uh, for the huge number of actions and initiatives they've undertaken. We've had regular press conferences with the national football media right from the off, which again comes in with the Zoom thing. I think we were the first club to do that and not many have done much since. And we've just every week there's been a regular press conference and by all accounts mm. as you can probably imagine the national media have been absolutely all over that and they've loved it yeah. so which is why good. brighton's thoughts on on restart and that sort of thing have been all over the news because yeah. we're one of the few clubs actually expressing our thoughts yeah than... or at least putting your name to them yeah yeah, yeah, than, uh, <laughs> yeah, probably... than, yeah our friends at west ham <laughs> yeah exactly well yeah i mean that's it we some took a back seat and the thing about neutral venues, we'll probably get onto that in a minute, but the thing about that was 14 clubs were against it. But it was a channel about Brighton. Why? Because, well, we made, a, we made a point about it in the press. So there was that. But, I mean, there's other stuff. We offered full refunds um, with the option of a waiver or a donation to a refundable amount, relevant to the refundable amount, to Albion's charity initiative. Um, we're having prominent club figures, including the chairman, the CEO, Graham Potter and a number of players and others called up on um, people on the database to people we thought might have been vulnerable or isolated amongst our fan base, uh, giving Amazon vouchers to staff. Paul Barber and uh, Graham Potter offering to take pay cuts, which initially was turned down by the owner, eventually reluctantly agreed the second time, but no staff furloughed. Um, there was a, on the Arsenal uh, cancellation day, the first day of the lockdown for us, um, the food donations, we were the first ones, I think, to chuck out food donations to the homeless rather than wasting all the, you know, the corporate food and all the other stuff. Match day staff paid despite lockdown, offering a thousand tickets to NHS staff and multiple Zoom chats, as I mentioned, with supporter groups. So, I mean, that was brilliant because we had people like Dan Ashworth, the, um, the technical director. We had Graham Potter, Paul Barber twice. We had um, various players and ex-players um, came on as well. Um, and it was brilliant. I mean, we're sitting in our living room chatting to Bobby Zamora, Steve Sibwell, Graham Potter, you know, and Paul Barber. It was all a bit surreal. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> and, on, and on the show as well, we had Paul Barber, we've had Michelle Kuypers, one of our former keepers, just sitting here, yeah, again on, on Zoom, which was... Yeah, so it's yeah. been good. And I mean, things are offering, obviously, the streaming service as well, even though we've had refunds if we wanted them. Um, there's also been the option to buy programmes for the... Uh, behind closed doors games as well. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's been great. Um, I think, first of all, I mean, what, what did um, you guys do at Liverpool? Because I think you've had a few initiatives going on as well, haven't you? Do you know particularly what the club have done? I think in the, the foundation's been really good because I think uh, LFC Foundation is something that's developed really well over the last few years. And it was, the perception of it was 
a few years ago that we were sort of a little bit behind Everton really in terms of Everton and community and what they were doing and Liverpool was was not quite there. Um, whereas now I think most people, um, you know, Liverpool fans are sort of proud of sort of what we're doing. So um, certainly around food poverty and things like that, um, there's there's an initiative in Liverpool called Fan Support and Food Banks, uh, which is supporter-led, um, but the club allow them to collect food right by the stadium. So it's on sort of Liverpool's property, if you like, and that's sort of there every game that they're allowed to do that. Um, for... Um, and, and and Liverpool have sort of continued to to support that really because obviously they get so many of their um sorry, I'll just go upstairs. So I'll just get some quiet. I'll just get out of your way. <laughs> um well, the joys of uh, doing this. Oh I know. I know. Yeah, I'll just go <laughs> Yeah, that's no worries at all. Yeah, um, as long as you don't trip over and fall over, John. Oh, right. I know. Well, that'd be good for the outtakes. Um, Guided tour of your house. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I'll just sort of start that again. Um, yeah. So no yeah. Worries. So um, what was I saying? So the yeah, the fan support and food banks is is as the name says a, a <coughs> sorry a supporter led initiative, but it's it's a very well supported by the football club and. They collect every every match day, and obviously match days had um, had disappeared, and so mm. they were very worried that their main source of of food and support had, had gone. But the club's done a really good job of continuing to support that, and also the players, you know, made made the strong donation um, to that, and and allowed fan support and food banks to, to continue to to support people sort of in the area who needed it which is really good so that's probably the best example in terms of what the club's done to ensure that people who can't afford to eat effectively in the city are still kind of supported and, and also um, you know from an outreach point of view there's a lot of things the foundation do now in terms of you know classes for, for you know so they do walking football for for old people, they do they do yoga. Uh, I think there's a netball classes and stuff like that as well. Lots of things people do for people in the area who maybe are isolated. They've managed to do quite a few of those online, and you know, for I mean, you can't play football online, but you can still meet up and chat and stuff. The yoga, I know they do do online and and things, and so um, yeah, quite a lot really. And then and then obviously just 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 sort of keeping in touch with people and and and, and keeping in touch with people who all the sorts of tick seeds you hold these you might be living on their own and things like that and and uh, yeah it's it's been good and as I say for, for Liverpool like we weren't always that hot on it to be quite honest in terms of the community stuff and, and Everton were, were deemed ahead but now now I think I think you know we've we've got a really good team running it uh, they're really focused on um as I say, you know, food, food poverty, but also education, also activity, and, and and keeping people kind of active, fit, and well. And um, so, yeah, they they they've done well. And I think I think most fans who I've spoken to uh, with, I mean, there's a couple of exceptions. I don't think Newcastle fans are delighted uh, with their club, but but generally speaking, I think most fans feel that. Who I've who I've spoken to feel like their club have done a good job and have and have done a good leadership job. Uh, within their communities during this, which is good because you know football clubs should should be part of their communities and should be kind of you know 
leaders in in in, in what they in, in their area and, and so if they are then uh, if they act like that then then they should be applauded because obviously you know you we're first to criticize when when clubs don't act properly mm. so you you on the other side you should sort of you know applaud when when they, when they are doing things right yeah well, back to the season. That's, that's great, by the way. It's really good to hear. Um, they're doing a lot of good stuff there. Um, back to the season. So when, you, when the season was finally resumed, we had this fuss about neutral venues. I, I know, unfortunately, there's quite a few people online, namely Leeds United, Sheffield United, but also Liverpool fans who've been uh, all over Twitter moaning about Brighton. <laughs> because, as I said, um, Paul Barber was, uh, was prominent in, in making our position clear. And um, ultimately, we just didn't want to lose any advantages we had because if the season resumes, we could potentially go down. If the season doesn't resume, we're safe because we're in a safe position. So you can understand all points of view. But um, what, what was your take on that? I mean, where, where, where did you sit with that? Were you kind of annoyed with us as well? or did you? I wasn't personally, no. I think, as you said, at least your chairman was put was putting out there what he thought, and I think most Liverpool fans who I spoke to, and certainly the Anfield rap position, if that's an even thing, was that well, fair enough. He's there, he's putting his name to it, and he's saying what he thinks, and and it, yeah, it's in Brighton's interest. But then that's his job, do you know what I mean? And and so I think what annoyed me and, and us a lot was this this you know this. They'd have these meetings on a Monday, and then things would be leaked to certain press, and it just looked like it had Karen Brady's grubby paws all over it. To, to, <laughs> to be honest with you, and and that that sort of annoyed me more than than a club chairman, you know, as I say, acting in the interests of of his football club, yeah. which is sort of his job. And so I think, you know, from a Liverpool point of view, there was the there was a fear at at, at one point that. Look, these chairmen are all never going to agree here. We're never sort of going to get anywhere, and so that was a concern. But I don't think, personally, and, and for anyone I knew, really, there was any sort of resentment towards Brighton in particular. I think it was, as I say, if if anything, it was uh, well, at least at least he's at least he's honest. <laughs> yeah, which is fair enough, as a we can ask, isn't it? And you, you expect clubs to act. In their own interests, and he was quite open about the fact he's acting in Brighton's interest. As well. Yeah, he, he said that in the statement. Yeah, 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 he says that, and so that's his job, as they say, exactly. And it's like, yeah. and the, the, the thing that annoyed me was some clubs were saying, you know, kind of trying to suggest that their own chairman weren't even doing that. And it's like every club is going to act in their own interests. From like, why wouldn't you? That's yeah. basically yeah. their job. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's all worked out in the end because look, at our own venues, we were able to carry on, as you said, after. A, um, a minor hiccup, shall we say, across Stanley Park, which we won't dwell on. Um, you clinched your prize, courtesy of a resounding 4-0 spanking of the C-word, as we like to call them. Thanks for mm-hmm. that as well, as well as the Villa win the other day. Um, and then City's defeat, obviously, the next night. Before we get onto the subject of celebrations around the city, which is, of course, the other burning issue, um, how did you personally celebrate, John? I mean, was it a quiet little cry on the sofa, a sort of like a relieved cry, or was it, were you screaming with unbridled joy? I mean, what, what was? Or were you with a load of people, friends and family, within permissions, sitting at home watching it? How, how did it go for you? Yeah, so every Liverpool game so far, I've watched on my own at home. Um, we do uh, obviously a bit of work around it and stuff like that. So uh, just sort of felt a little bit easier really rather than you know trying to sort of do anything else so so every Liverpool game so far I've, I've been sat there 
Uh, my wife's not interested, to be honest with you, and, and my baby's too young, too little. So sat there watching it on my own. Uh, for that city game, no, one of my friends um, who lives quite close to me had set up a big projector in his garden, and he's got sort of quite a big garden in the back. And so he said, "Would well, you want to come over?" He said, "They're only inviting, you know, six or seven friends, and we'll, we'll all space out and we'll watch this game on this big screen." I was like, "Well, that sounds perfect because it's because it's not a Liverpool game. I, I'm not really expected to do much, you know." Says says around it, um, but we might clinch it tonight. So so it was nice, really. So as I say, there was about about six or seven of us in his garden, all felt fairly, you know, safe and and good and. Um, and then, and then, obviously, we did it, and I was surprised how how euphoric I felt because I think the concern was, you know, as I say, it been because of because it was it's a strange, you know, it's football's back, but it feels a little bit strange, and because you know we'd won it without us playing, and and I thought it might feel a little bit flat and a bit of an anticlimax, but but it didn't at all. It felt incredible, and it it was interesting because in in Liverpool, you know, people were sort of, you know, doing their own things because obviously what they normally do, they weren't able to. So, so my friend lives on a quite a busy road and then straight away we could hear all the cars beeping and people were sort of driving around the city and, and had sort of flags and stuff um, out the cars and, and it was that's something I'm not really seeing in Liverpool before. Like you see it in sort of in Spain or Turkey or whatever, isn't it? It's more of a sort of you know European thing really to get out in the car and be beeping. But but people were just looking to to do something, and and yeah. you know we were in pubs, we were in grounds, and so that's what they did. And so that was really nice. There was there was a lot of fireworks kind of you know going off, um you know, and and the city just just felt like it exploded into this euphoric joy, and 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 it. And I'll never forget it, really. And it was amazing. And as I say, it was much better and bigger than than I thought it would be because I was was a little bit worried that it'd be a oh well, you know we done it more relief really. Whereas actually, it was it was pure joy. And and as I say, it'll be a night that that always lives in me. And it was nice because I was the guys who I was with as well. Um, you know, I've been going to games with and, and known for a long time. You know, some of those guys I went to school with, mm. others, you know, we've picked up along the way. But I think most of those guys, we all went to Athens together, for example, in 2007 when we got to the European Cup final. That was the one we lost, unfortunately, to AC Milan. Um, but but that was mm. the group that, that we sort of went together. And so I think that's the great thing about football, isn't it? And mm. when, when brilliant things happen, like that promotion that you talked about, you know, yeah, you, I was going to say it again. It's it sounds that promotion you talked about before. Mm. It, you know, mm. the people you want to celebrate it with are the people who you've been on that journey with, really, and you've you've known all this over the time, and you've experienced mm. the, the heartbreak mm. with, and the disappointments, and the nearly times, and then and then they're the people you want to be with, and they're the people I was with, really, and mm. quite sort of not coincidentally, but it was it was pulled together by other people, and and I'm sort of glad. We got that really, and yeah, it was a brilliant night. Um, quite a lot to drink, but um, but you know, I'm surprise, sure, surprise. I know, I'm sure everyone you, uh, won't be too surprised you, by that. You didn't set fire to any buildings from the note of the city. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, uh, talking about the celebrations as a whole, aside from your your own ones, um, what did you think about that? Because obviously there was a big fuss in the run up with the mayor, wasn't there? And also there was the police chief of somewhere in Yorkshire, wasn't there? It was, talking about um, this, that and the other. I mean, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because you don't really know how you're going to react. And unfortunately, some people did go a bit too far in the end. Um, I guess 
every every place has got its, its troublemakers or people that just can't rein it in. Would you say? I mean, how? What would you say about that? I mean, was there a lot of disappointment felt about those that did go a bit over the top? Because it's it's a really hard one, isn't it? With something like that, because it's. it's uh, I think, in terms of the the stuff. In terms of the sort of wider stuff and the stuff you're talking about, about the mayor and the police, what what annoys me about the way football fans are spoken of is generally is that I feel like sometimes that we're judged on a sort of a higher level almost really, and and you know, you know, it's it's it's, it's something happens and it's all all football fans are this and 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 it's frustrating because you wouldn't do that, you know, if there was an incident at a beach you wouldn't be like oh beach lovers do you know what I mean and it's kind of like it's just it just frustrates me really I think you know that I think we were in a different period of lockdown than than when um than when the mayor made those comments and and, and yeah. that's, that's sort of important to remember is that you were allowed to go outside and you were allowed to be in groups the problem was that lots of those situations came but you know an unsafe and unmanageable um number of people and so it's one of those things isn't it you know we've all seen it on twitter someone goes i'm in the park it's really busy all these other people are the problem and not me do you know what i mean and and that's the kind of like the way that the human beings sort of naturally think yeah traffic jams are never our fault it's all the other cars and, and and stuff like that and so i think I think people just, you know, obviously they felt euphoric and, and got excited and, and and wanted to be in certain places. And, and unfortunately, you know, things like social distances sort of, you know, kind of went out the window from that point of view. I mean, stuff like setting fireworks off on buildings is, is just sort of idiotic idiotic behavior and, and we would all find to say that and, and it isn't excusable sort of it in, in any way. And, um, but you know the the other stuff i think i think people just just lost sight of 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 the of the times we were in and just and just sort of wanted to celebrate and as i say you don't think about what other people are doing it's just sort of of, of mm. you i think generally people in the city are just hoping that now that that now that that big release has gone that that people all of us suddenly clean sort of self in that do you know what i mean now do remember that um, do remember that you know the situation that we're in really and that, that the NHS are working so hard to kind of keep people um, safe and, and alive effectively and we all sort of do need to do our, our, our bit um, and so yeah I'll be I'll be at home as I say on my own for sort of the rest of the games and, and, and trying to sort of you know help out sort of best I can and I think most of the pool fans are, are sort of of the of the of the same kind of viewpoint really um and and yeah hmm. yeah yeah and speaking of games well the next one you've got is against the mighty albion um <laughs> you've been swapping the midfield around a little bit haven't you and a couple of other bits going on with the squad um obviously keeping people fresh and everything aside um what sort of squad do you reckon we're going to get on wednesday night um yeah, answer your chances. <laughs> I mean, it's it's been a it you know a kind of looking at performances and results. We've we've had a bit of a, a funny kind of a turn, really. Um, we were poor against Everton. Um, nearly lost it right at the end. Fantastic against Crystal Palace. Um, and then the Man City game was a strange one in that we actually played quite well for parts of it, but then got beat four mm. nil. Um, and then and then and then Villa we went great, but sort of won it at the end. I think. 
I think the concern for for Liverpool fans is that it's when we have tried to rotate as the other players coming in haven't quite sort of performed at the kind of same level really so he's trying to use the squad and he's trying to keep people fresh and give people opportunities but the sort of squad players aren't really doing their bit you know are sort of fulfilling their side and so you know who you know the people who even you guys would think of us as our first 11, you know, have, have all sorts of played really well. It was noticeable Crystal Palace was very much the sort of first 11 team. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, you know, the other guys who've come in, uh, you know, who, who are more sorts of squad players, you know, haven't really, you know, impressed at all. And so that's kind of frustrating, really. So so he's got a bit of a dilemma, Jürgen. Is it, does he go with the, you know, the his cup mm-hmm. final team, if you like, um, you know the team. The team you pick if 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 you had to, your life depended on you had to win on Wednesday, but knowing that you can't just keep picking that team between now and the end of the season, or do you rotate and hope that some of these lads come into a bit of form, or hope that the other lads can sort of carry them mm. them through it? Really, um, and surely there's but, a benefit to playing those guys now anyway, and seeing who maybe you want to keep and who you want to maybe get rid of and bring in new players and replace because you've won the league. I know you can still go for the points record and that sort of thing, but mm. if ever there was a time to try maybe some of these players and give them a few games and see if you think they're going to do it, then it should be now, surely. I mean, yeah, I think, he, I think he will. And I think he'll, 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 he'll try and sort of do it a little bit of both. And as I say, we've seen two or three changes, you know, each time we've played so far and that's all we're expecting. What I would say is that, um, you know, that although the squad players aren't, on playing too well, that the young players have, 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 have really sort of relished it. Um, Curtis Jones got his first Premier League goal against Aston Villa, and, and that was brilliant. Um, Nico Williams is a young right back who's only come off the bench so far, but is really impressed. Yeah, and I, wouldn't be, cracking, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he starts on Wednesday yeah. because um, because because he deserves it. Do you know what I mean? I mean, surely, surely you're the worst club to be a young right back at, though, of all the clubs <laughs> to, to be a young right back at. Behind, yeah, uh, behind the best young right back in the world, arguably. Yeah. Relief though that uh, Nick Williams might be playing because he's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but I yeah, I mean, but but Trent, Trent's a great example to him as well, and you know we'll see what happens with Trent in terms of his position yeah. and, and things like that. But yeah, and then um, and then and then Harvey Elliott um, signed a, a new professional contract today, um, one we one we're all really excited about as well. And so I don't think he'll start Wednesday, but you might might see a little Harvey. Elliot from the bench so yeah good options still uh, good options yeah. for Liverpool yeah just a couple of things on that. Trent you mentioned and um, what a fine young man I, have, I can't be full of more admiration than I am for him apart from being a brilliant player uh, what a brilliant young what an old head on young shoulders basically isn't mm-hmm. it and a local lad and everything else all the stuff he's been doing behind the scenes um, and, and it, it's systematic uh, symptomatic even of uh, a wider trend that's going on with some of the young players across the country who are really and Rashford obviously your friends up the road um, as well some great examples um, talk about role models and how they've got a lot of bad press and they football this through the years but recently it's been brilliant hasn't it I think Trent you, you guys must be really proud of him and anyone else like him that's coming through uh, for what they're doing yeah Trent's an unbelievable player but also as you say a, a, a fine young man and we've interviewed Trent a few times and spent quite a bit of time with him and mm. 
I'm always shocked at the confidence he has speaking about issues away from football mm. because, you know, he still mm. is such a young guy and, you know, he does a lot in the city in terms of um, charitable work and, and using his influence. And I think for some young people, there could be the attitude of, well, I didn't ask to be a role model. I didn't want to do that. Do you know what I mean? And I for him, he, he sort of, he, he doesn't shy away from, you know, the, is, 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 you know, is, 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 I was going to say duties, but that makes it sound like they have to do it and they don't, you know, he chooses to. And I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of organisations in Liverpool who've benefited from Trent's kind of support. And and also on in terms of the Black Lives Matter stuff, just I saw, I saw him mm-hmm. on Sky just talking about that. And I was like, you know, to have the confidence to speak so eloquently on the subject, mm-hmm. you know, at, at such a young age, as I say, when, you know, say the wrong thing slightly and, you yeah. know, you, you can get yourself in trouble, I thought was was sort of so impressive. Yeah, and, I mean, I, I was never that confident at that age. And no. I wasn't public eye, obviously. So, yeah. yeah. Know, it's pretty impressive stuff. Um, yeah. Well, final thing from me, I don't know, Peter, if you've got anything to add afterwards, but I was going to ask you, John, to tell us, what Jurgen Klopp means to you and to, um, by extension to all Liverpool fans perhaps, um, how far and how long do you think can he, can he take the Reds forward from here? And does he have the capacity to take Liverpool to ever, or ever greater glory, maybe even the, the best era of all time, longer term? Is that possible with this guy? I think anything's possible, really. I think for Jürgen, you know, he's got a job at this club as long as he wants it. Um, I think, you know, in the past, he's he's done sort of seven years and moved on. But I think, you know, if, if he wanted to stay longer at Liverpool, that job's his forever. He's he's transformed the football club, really. And when he came in, was actually um, quite a low point at the club, really, in terms of, not just in Liverpool, but what was going on kind of elsewhere and, and, and the money that was kind of being spent elsewhere. And look, again, you've got to be careful. Liverpool are the seventh richest club in the world, so we're not exactly, you know, scraping around for, for you know, putting buckets out for players' wages. But, you know, in the, in the, in the relative scheme of English football, uh, we're the fourth richest club in in England and the seventh richest in the world, and there was there's, there's quite a jump to to what City United uh, and Chelsea are sort of you know able to spend in terms uh, and even Arsenal really in terms of you know what what they were able to you know to sort of bring in, and so I think for Liverpool, um, it was we were starting to worry that we were. Like second tier, there was a second tier, and and we were sort of in that. So there was the there was the top three, and then we were going to be the club who were fighting with Arsenal and Spurs for basically Champions League qualification. And and you know some sometimes we'd have a good year and maybe finish second or third, and sometimes we'd have a crap year and finish sixth or seventh. But generally speaking, we were sort of in that, and that you know isn't isn't the worst place in the world. But when you because the, the 30 years is interesting because, you know, we, we spent the first 10 thinking, oh, we'll, we'll get our act together, we'll win it next year. And then the next sort of 10 thinking, oh, well, there is actually a bigger problem here, but, you know, we'll solve it with a really good manager. So they went to France for Julia, then to Spain for Benitez and, and thought, you know, we just need to modernise and, and get this guy in. He's going to sort of change us and we'll be we'll fine. Um, and then there was the sort of, you know, the, the Rogers. Period and, and obviously going back to Dagalish and things like that, which 
which which burned bright for a while, but then ultimately kind of like fell away. And so, I think yeah, by I the think time we were, you, I was going to say you said it was like driving a car where you it was going fast and it was almost getting there, but you felt like anything could fall off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Car with no brakes going down the hill. Yeah. Um, high yeah so to be honest so towards the end of Brendan Rodgers we were like you know for the first time going like actually are we ever gonna are we ever gonna win this league are we ever gonna kind of do it um you know or, or we might do it one year with just flash of the pan but then it'll be going back to you know this kind of status quo really and then the minute Jürgen walked in he, he made everyone walk and act taller like all great leaders do really all great leaders inspire you to to puff your chest out and be sort of you know to you know to as i say to believe and he did make everyone sort of believe again and also reminded us that what liverpool football club was and what liverpool football club should aim for and it shouldn't aim for fourth it should aim for first and you won't necessarily get there but you you know at least you've got that kind of goal in sight and so so from day one really although it has taken a bit of time we we were sort of you know became convinced that we were sort of going to get there because that's the kind of leader you know he was and and as a person, he, he fits the city really well. His politics uh, are aligned to to what most people in the city think. Um, you know, he's he's a European guy. He, he speaks about the positives of, of Europe. And this is a city that 58% voted for Maine. Um, obviously, the way he talks about health service, the way he talks about supporting each other, um, you know, is aligned to the way that, uh, often in the way that Shankly used to talk, it's not quite as, mm. as bombastic. I don't think he's used the word <laughs> socialism, but what he has done is talk about, you know, if you if you can help someone, why wouldn't you? And and, and he's talked about unity and he's talked about, um, you know, strength and solidarity. And they're all pe- words and, and, and sentiments that people in Liverpool generally kind of, respond to and so yeah I can't imagine a better manager for us in every possible way really in terms of who he is as a person and and also the football is great fun and, and that's good as well and and they work hard they run around a lot and, and that's nice as well because you know it's, it's <laughs> I think I think as football fans you know we obviously you know we're all different and want and want different things to say in degrees and we've all you know followed kind of different teams but I think what unites us all is that you want to see a team go out there and give their all and if they do that you'll forgive most things really and from sort of day one this Liverpool team has done that and more and so yeah. you know we haven't been able to fault them They've been, I assume from the outsider looking in point of view, when, when he was appointed as Liverpool boss, I thought, yeah, that's a good fit. You could tell, following a little bit of German football, I knew a bit about him and um, I knew he was going to be a good fit. And I, I heard the stories about the bin colours. He made some comment about that, didn't he? And so I just tapped into the local environment. Yeah, yeah. And as you said, the politics and his general sensibilities. And the one thing you also mentioned, he's a real leader, a true leader. And I think um, the only thing you could possibly pull up uh, in four is not a good loser, but that's also with all true true greats. Then nobody likes to lose if they're that good, do they? I mean, anybody, whatever you think of the Mourinho, Ferguson, any of those people, they're all bad losers yeah. because they want to win every game. And if you want to win titles and Champions Leagues, you've got to have someone that's got that personality, haven't you? 
he's he's quite right not to want to lose to Man City, mm. even though the title's done. That's that's <laughs> what the true greats do, isn't it? Yeah, yeah he was he was spiky after that defeat. It, it, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. It surprised me a little bit, to be honest with you. Like because, I was a bit, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, I think I think he, you know, he. He's, he's a human being after all, isn't he, as well? And we have to remember, and I sometimes mm. feel a bit sorry for these football managers generally that, you know, I just have to get and beat 4-0 or, or get beat by rival. There's a microphone thrust yeah. in, the, in the face and they have to, you yeah, know, talk. And I yeah. think probably the next day he probably regretted it a little bit, to be honest with you. I think mm. uh, he's probably thought, oh, I didn't need to they need to go poor Jeff Shreves like that but uh, but as you say it's it's what makes these people to a certain extent isn't it it's what drives them it's what you know means that the you know probably one of the reasons where they've got to where the where they are is that is that kind of you know relentless desire to sort of succeed um so but it but it did it did it did even surprise me a little bit uh because as you say we'd won the title the week before i was like chill out yeah good it's fine (laughs) (laughs) well i mean i wish them all the best certainly for seasons to come and also in their quest to get that um that record points total because by my calculations you can afford to draw or lose on wednesday win your other games and still break that points record. So I wish you very well after Wednesday in the good old tradition of these such conversations. And um, and all the best for the future as well, John. And thanks for coming on and joining us. No, a Maybe- pleasure. And, and best of luck with the podcast. And I hope Brighton stay up as well because yes, we've, we've just uh, largely because we've had terrible luck with the timing of Brighton away so far. When you guys came up, I was dreaming of August bank holidays, and we've had <laughs> and we've had two Decembers um, so oh. far. And then even when we finally got April, uh, firstly got moved to a Monday night, and then secondly, obviously now uh, it's 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 behind closed doors and. So we're still dreaming of a, of a lovely weekend in sunny Brighton. So, uh, but you know so. what's going to happen now, don't you? There's going to be born in August. There's going to be another spike. In yeah, anyway. no, no, we'll, we'll, we'll still get, but we'll get there one day. But no. Yeah. Um, well, next time you're down, uh, we'll have a beer if you're around. Um, maybe the same it. up in Liverpool. We'll, we'll seek you out. Thanks for joining us, John. And um, all the best for the rest of the season. Yeah, cheers, John. Cheers. Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.